something interesting happened uh, as we have gone along the path to doing these. We had we had what amounts to uh, a really peculiar, like it's only happened once in the entire time that we've been doing this podcast. Uh, very strange, like sort of Doppler reverb thing that uh, rendered a lot of our original recording of the Run DMC record. Uh, unfortunately, like almost unlistenable. Uh, Not that the record's itself unlistenable. Our talking about it. Yes, our our commentary was uh, was was rendered moot. Anyway, it occurred to me today because uh, this is I'm leaning into the fact that uh, that we're going to. That this will be your first time, if you're listening to the podcast, this will be your first time to hear us talk about uh, the Run DMC record that we're going to talk about tonight. But we've attempted to do this once before, and we're doing it again on Groundhog Day. Oh, oh wow. that's nice. You, now, you know what? No, no. I did not see that coming. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see that set up either, but I, I, w- <laughs> w- one thing I was going to jump in and say a second ago is um, there's no way, like... Because we were just beating you down at the end of the last episode for all your dad humor. And I was like, oh, yeah, Kevin deliberately sabotaged it. And then, But no, he starts the whole thing out. Yeah, with, the whole thing was an elaborate ruse just for that joke. Yes, <laughs> it was. I was, like, I was like, come on, calendar. But in fact, it is February 2nd, uh, Groundhog Day. Do we know what the Groundhog did? Uh, it's Phil? six more weeks of this, apparently. Right, I well, know it bit a mayor somewhere. Six like more a, weeks of us sitting in this garage. Yeah, yes, cold. exactly. Yes. The groundhog is now getting very specific with his uh, prognostications, and it has to do with where you sit at any given time. But anyway, yeah, so, so it is. It's Groundhog Day. Um, you, it won't be Groundhog Day probably when you hear this, but nevertheless, uh, we are covering old ground, and like so many Bill Murrays, we'll have lots to say. It's true, and I'm not sick this time. I was sick last time when we, did, when we uh, originally attempted to record this. Yeah, you were sick, and there was, there was a... Brotherly tiff. There was a brotherly tiff regarding uh, who was going to sit. It turns where. out. It turns out the reason I was really upset about not being able to sit in my chair is that I was sick, and when I'm not sick, I don't give a shit. So. Okay. <laughs> hey, so um, the other upside to doing the show, to doing this show tonight, is that we also get to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. happened for us yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, let's let all in due time. Let's let's go ahead and let's play some music first. Uh, Gentlemen, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. Kevin here. This is Somebody Likes It. Kevin, you, you mentioned the Super Bowl. Wait, before we start about n- and talk about the Super Bowl, which was last night, um, why do you have why did why did you show up with so much out? Normally, <laughs> Kevin comes in with maybe a six pack for this, but he came in with two six packs and a bottle of wine. Well, did it, you it, did you throw a Super Bowl party and nobody too. came? Yes, exactly. No, um, no, I, I well, I don't really have a, a terrific reason behind it. I think we just came down to the fact He's that really like, thirsty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, my job is to become obliterated by halfway through the show. Now that the um, that would not be unprecedented, uh, he, not for you necessarily. He, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did say that though. That was the reason given. No, the it, in all reality, uh, I just couldn't decide what I wanted, and it's a uh, it's a little it's a little so cool out. A little 
that we have grab bag. Well, we have the heater. We have the heater working in the garage, and so I got some vanilla porter, which is a great uh, winter beer, and I wanted a little taste of wine, and so I got some wine, and then I was like, oh, there's this other, there's this lager that I like, and so I just anyway, the guy's like, do you want to call somebody? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, I'm not drinking all of them. I'm only drinking some of them, and I might not drink them in the same order. Um, so yeah, that's the that's. I wish I had a well, better. You, but you do have a chalice story. going. It's not the chalice. I do have yes. Mark is furnishing me. It's a guest chalice. The oh, nice. So it's the nice chalice they never use. <laughs> it is, yes, well, it's in the special place. What What was the question that you posited to all of us, Ryan, before when you first got here? Oh, <clears throat> uh, how hot is Katy Perry? Hot, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, she's at right. She's right at the cross section between really cute and really hot. And um, I don't, anyway, I, I don't I, give two I, shits about her definitely music. Definitely on the hot side, there, buddy. <laughs> Have you guys? Uh, this is tangent. Well, it's it's directly related. Did you? Did anybody here, Mark? I bet you did for sure. <clears throat> did any of you guys follow the? Um, Dancing shark meme that was floating around the internet today about her performance yesterday at the Super Bowl. I saw something about that, but I didn't uh, dig into it. Yeah, I saw something like ref- refer to it, but here, basically, so basically, this is the gist. And I guess by the time that this comes out, everybody will be like, "Oh yeah, that old thing." But anyway, I'm going to tell you now because it's still new here. Uh, there were in one of the songs that she sang. She was flanked on either side by a giant shark. St- like a standing dancing shark, and she one was of, wearing like an adorable sundress. By yes, the way, yes, and and one of <laughs> the sharks, ball brazier. Yes, yes, one of the sharks was doing was mimicking her every move, and the other shark might have been having a seizure. Like there was <laughs> just it was just like couldn't be less on time, and so there were there were all kinds of like vines and stuff floating around. On the web, and I was all over Twitter about uh, about Katy Perry and the rogue shark, and so it became a flip book today. Like I saw that. Kevin, do you have a hashtag for that? Uh, hashtag uh, spazzy shark. Good times. Did yeah. you guys ever see that um, that thing a few years ago where where she uh, she did an episode of Sesame Street and oh, it, it got it got banned. It, and yeah, mm. what it, it got it got banned because she's too jiggly when she's jumping up and down. Yeah. Like she's well, wearing I, I like thought a it was tight like it, it was, song with it was elbow. too scoop neck or whatever and there was too much cleavage or whatever no 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 I bet it wasn't Oscar that sold her out that's all I'm saying <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Why don't we get off of Case, Katy Perry? And You're her. just making me think of uh, the Dandy Warhol's keyboardist. Oh, um, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But that's we won't fun, get into that. Sometimes, too. Did you guys actually watch any any football? I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It was a yeah. fantastic game. Yeah, it, it was, was a, great a really game. good game. And yeah, a I don't really like inexplicable football. call at the end. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even care care that much for the game. I mean, but the Shane game is a baseball guy. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. But the halftime show, yeah, highlight. Well, and there was Katy Perry made sure that the balls stayed inflated. Well, okay, so the joke that apparently was going around today <laughs> on Twitter, not that I'm on Twitter, but I, I have heard, was that when Missy Elliott came out, uh, she was going to wear like the big inflatable suit, but she was worried Tom Brady was going to take the air out of it. Uh, see? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, now i got to think of a, of, a, of a dad joke. Here yeah. tonight, I'm sure. At Why some don't point we talk about up. Run DMC? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Ryan, you Again. picked. You picked. Uh, I, yeah, I'm having this weirdest deja vu right now. Um, 
No, I picked uh, Run DMC's transitional record uh, from 1988, Tougher Than Leather. Uh, at this point, they were like probably like the biggest name in hip hop. Yeah, um, that, I mean, without a without a doubt, I think. I mean, they're the first hip hop. Uh, Beastie group. Boys were still coming on. Um, and, and is it true that the working title for this record was a lot like Pleather, uh, or that tougher that, than Pleather? Tougher than Pleather. Most yes. things are. Yeah. Which probably doesn't make for very it's like you don't need a lot of rap street cred out of tougher yeah. leather. Burns like polyester, I believe. <laughs> was what I, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, I did think it was really interesting that you that you picked this record, and um, it's you know I it gets sort of banned. This is another one of these that I think sort of gets looked at through rose colored glasses a little bit in hindsight. Um, you know, collectively the reviews that I the the old school the. Pro reviews that were happening at the time when this record came out uh, thought it was a fine, better than average. You know, it was a to use the baseball metaphor, Shane. It was a double and not a home run. Yeah, I mean, I like this record quite a bit more than anything that that preceded it. I uh, Run DMC is the first rap act that I remember, like that I have any like. My first memories of hearing rap were definitely a hearing Run like DMC. Grandmaster Flash happened without your awareness, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first. I mean, I grew up in small town Texas, like you know, like this. They hit the airwaves first. Like they had, they were the first like rap actors to my knowledge that had, they had the most success earliest on. Um, but I never really liked them that much because I, their rhymes and their beats are so simple in the beginning. Right. This one, you start adding some more complexity to the way that they were rhyming. Into the beats. I mean, it's it kicks off with uh, with funky drummer, right? I mean, the the first song on the record. The sample. The sample. Yeah. I mean, and I, yeah, this is one of these. Forgive me for interrupting, but it's, it is funky drummers. Um, James Brown. If, if you have seen the James Brown documentary, one of the things that gets talked about in that documentary is they had his band had come back off the road and he had them scheduled to go into the studio and they're all goddamn exhausted and the drummer just went in and sat down and he was like okay this is it this is what you get and he did that little sleepy you know like skip step breakbeat thing yeah, yeah breakbeat thing and it became i mean frankly uh public enemy is all over that breakbeat but everybody but yeah, was at one point in the late 80s early 90s i think it peaked in like 92 where it was finding its way into Duran Duran songs and a Sinead O'Connor songs, you know. Um, she's so funky. She's quite funky. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, War Pigs by uh, Black Sabbath was kind of done in that same fashion. Like, they were just jacking around, like, waiting to record something else. And Parano- they just kinda, I think Paranoid. Is it Paranoid? It's paranoid. Yeah. It's one of those, yeah. But anyway, like one of the, one of the like major songs minutes. from their catalog, yeah. and, like, they are just farting around, and they are like, no, why don't we just do that? Yeah, the, the pro- <clears throat> if I remember correctly, the producer was like, uh, all right, you guys need to write me one more hit. And they went out and did it in, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, the funny thing that they were saying, go back, flipping back to the, the James Brown thing mm. was that drummer said that like apparently Clyde Stubblefield yeah he said like apparently that the that yeah, it that's was some his knowledge least like it was it was of the singles that James Brown ended up putting out this one did the worst so you know for whatever reason and then and what it did was sort of well, spark this major yeah like a cult phenomenon yeah absolutely on. which yeah. is I just think sort of speaks to you know we, we could sidebar on James Brown for a while but I thought that that was kind of interesting well, and that's okay. So that's one of the things about like the, the usage of the, of that. They're, they definitely use more samples in in this album. Um, 
This was like coming into like the sampling uh, heyday, like right around this time. Yeah, I mean, it was a sample. It, it, everything it, there was, a, there were a couple of good. I mean, like Tribe Called Quest and Bigable um, um, Planets. Yeah, well, that was more like the the jazz stuff that you can put oh, in sure, with Tribe Called sure. Quest. But yeah. I'm thinking like De La Soul. De La, De La Soul is actually sure. what ended up breaking the camel's back. They uh, they have so many samples on that record. Um, yeah, if they had had, and they're the ones that like. I mean, there, there's no way they could make that album today. You're talking and about Three Feet High and Rising? Three Feet High and Rising, yeah. 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 Um, but which, yeah, which we have covered. They, they just, uh, Run DMC just starts delving into it because before um, this one, um, Tougher Than Leather, their original album, I think this, this, you know, why don't we listen to a song, we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Well, okay, so. So <clears throat> you had something you wanted to. Well, Mary Mary is the reason I picked this record in the first place because I know, I was like, at, at least there's one song that I know I love. And. This is one of those songs that I can listen to. You can just hit repeat. Uh, don't do that. But um, I can listen to it over and over again. And it I, also and has a crazy origin story. Well, that's we'll true. That is, that is true. And we'll, we'll cover that uh, when we come out of it. I love that song so much, and uh, as I pointed out to my colleagues as I was playing, you really don't hear a lot of rapping about hugs. No, you don't. Yeah, it's it's sort of a it's a different world. It's a neglected Who's corner of the uh, hip hop world. <laughs> hugging, <laughs> hugging, because uh, yeah. he needs her hugging, mm-hmm. yeah. which is really kind of quaint if you think about it. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, especially if you think about um, anacondas and well, just like you know, like whatever, like gangster rap. Those guys never talk about hugs. Not no, like, like bitch ain't giving me no hugs. <laughs> I I, I heard a line from a, and I'm, I might be paraphrasing, but I'm almost positive this. No, no, this is the way it went. I heard a rap song last summer, and the only line that I remember was, um, "I got stupid money. I got stupid money. Make a bitch fall in love with my stupid money." That is some inspired shit. Did right I tell there. you about? Did I ever tell you about my idea for? Uh, I had two really great ideas for reality shows that have not happened, and I still think they should, and that reminds me of one of them. One of them that was unrelated was um, was essentially like a like kind of like uh, uh, the like Donald Trump's The Apprentice, except that it was um, you know, Who Wants to Be a Mobster, and the, the deal was like if you got voted off, you get whacked, and so. Those would be really tense sessions at the end of every show. Oh, yeah. Sure. I don't yeah. think you'd ever really actually get a <laughs> network yeah. to you go You might not in. get a green light on that one. Yeah. Maybe not. And the other one was, um, who wants to marry the money? 
Because really, that's what it's about. Like, let's just take <laughs> just, whoever, just a pile of money name is out of the equation. You can marry the cash itself. It's just a pile of money. Yeah, like, yeah. Have like some, like not even an anthropomorphic pile like, of money. Just, they, could, you, they could shape it into like something. If you had care. kids like, with the money, would it be change? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they say that's the only thing that's constant. So, and this is the one that that I wanted to get off the ground that um, I'm still holding out hope for. Fingers crossed. Who wants to marry a waiter? Um, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this week, I guess, would that be the WB? Potential contestants uh, <laughs> lined up down the block <laughs> you know, in Los they're, Angeles. They're not necessarily and, the hottest. But but anyway, uh, I sidebarred us. So, so Mary Mary, um, based on It's what? based on a song <laughs> by the Monkees. And I found it in the course of doing research for this record. And I, I, I love both of them for different reasons. In the uh, Run DMC version... He's kind of accusatory towards Mary. He's like, "Why are you bugging? What's wrong with you?" Yeah. In the monkeys version, the uh, protagonist or singer, what have you, um, Davy Jones probably, uh, is pathetic. He's like, you know, hey, no, I want you back and stuff. Where are you going? Where, to? Why don't we play a little bit of that and we can <laughs> compare and contrast. One of the things that you guys will not know, uh, but I just witnessed here, was uh, Ryan and Shane kind of talking about like how how people would move to this song, like what you could see they were doing. Shane was dancing, well, sort of in were his chair, like Nancy Sinatra. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there were like projected lava lamp things in the background, uh-huh. and, like like clo- like real fast. Close quick up, cuts, like, quick, yeah, like yeah, in and right, out, right. And in and out. Yeah, you're like, Zoom. And, like, Slow down. and like everything's on like a like a forty five degree angle or yeah. Um, so Run DMT took a different Run DMC uh, took a different tack with it. Um, yeah, I like I like that. I got to get my cough drop out of my mouth. I like that monkey's version of that song though. It starts out. It sounds like Mad Chester. It's like the Stone Roses. Mm-hmm. Like you can, and the you know, and the beat is is clearly obviously the one that that uh, Run DMC aped. Is, it's a is break beat, yeah, yeah. But there, you know, that's interesting. Like, there's no snare drum in that. It's, it's there's no trap kit at all. It's like a tambourine and like a maraca, yeah, which you don't ever really notice because the whatever we're talking about Run DMC, Tam- the tambourine, the uh, the the uh, worldwide instrument of the 1960s. Like, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It fell out show. of favor for the for the cowbell. Well, the cow. That's that's the accurate, the, producer Mark. The, Thank the, you. The, the oh oh. Uh, I played lead cowbell in my last. <laughs> band. You don't want to be third chair on the cowbell. No. <laughs> Was that your dunk? I heard like way in the background. <laughs> um, so, uh, producer Mark was telling us a little something during the break about. Uh, I guess you looked up definitions of the word bugging. Bugging. Yeah, so in the, in the of course in the monkeys version, it's uh, Mary Mary, where are you going to? Yeah, which is but, like the most <laughs> awkward way to put yeah. that in the world. But in the Run DMC version, it's Mary Mary, why you bugging? Right. So, so I I went to that uh, universal source uh, Urban Dictionary, 
And there's over 34 different definitions uh, entered here for buggin', but this one really caught my eye. Uh, it says buggin' is a word used to describe strange or foolhardy behavior. This word can also be used to fill random voids when a lack of vocabulary occurs, mostly while describing another's actions. <laughs> also, then, it could mean anything. And and then the first example, you know, they always put examples in context. The first example is Jesus. Judas, why you buggin'? <laughs> no, really? <he's>, yes. <laughs> That's a pretty direct quote from the Aramaic. Yeah. Yeah, just I wonder which version of the Bible break, that was. Breaking out <laughs> Judas, why are you bugging? <laughs> well, you got to be selling Judas, me out for Judas. pieces of silver and shit. <laughs> Where are you going to? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Okay. The, the song that I like the most on this record, we're just going to, we're move, moving right along. Um, it, if that's okay. Is that okay? You guys all right? I'm with that? Yeah. I mean, we can, we can. Let us, let us move. Okay. So, um, well, like I was saying before, um, I wasn't too keen on, um, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it was fine. Like, you know, who doesn't love the uh, Run DMC Walk This Way? And, and they were definitely groundbreaking. But it's really, really simplistic. And a lot of that, I think, was driven by Ru- Rick Rubin's production. Uh, I Ru- don't love Walk This Way. That's well, Rick Rubin came. No, I don't want to listen to it at my house. But if I hear it on the radio, yeah. I mean, it's you know. It's well, Rick like, Rubin came from punk rock roots, and he just kind of fell into doing hip hop production. Well, he did it in a classic rock way. There's just let's just if you go back and listen to his 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 early production. Now he's he does amazing things. But if you go back and listen to his early production, I mean, and while they were groundbreaking, you know, thirty years on, they're just not as fun to listen to. Like the, how how simplistic. The beats were on, on License to Ill, for example, uh, and he was more interested in, in bridging rock. Or fun, fun fact about uh, Rick Rubin, by the way, he doesn't twiddle knobs. He has yes. engineers do that. Like, true. He, he doesn't touch the board. There's a lot of producers That's really that do interesting. that. I did not know that. Yeah. Stephen Street doesn't either. There's a lot of guys that... Stephen Street of uh, Smith's fame. Cranberries. He doesn't yeah. twiddle knobs either. Uh-uh. <laughs> he doesn't twiddle knobs. He doesn't tw- twiddle. We're five. Tw- twiddle knobs. Fourteen, uh, Kevin. We established this. Oh, sorry. Hey, you're right. Um, yeah, Lars has a has a theory that um, men hit the, the upper limit at 16, and then it's just you're just all growing out from there. You're never really growing up. Like No, no. We've got our little you know, adolescent You can hide brains. it. Yeah. In polite I company. Mean, <laughs> uh, perfect example, our Katy Perry conversation at the top of this show. I mean, that just shows our true call. Oh, no, I, I think of her in that dress, and I'm just like, boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but what I really like in this, and the Rick Rubin, like Rick Rubin produced that Mary Mary, and if you go back and listen, like that is a breakbeat, but it's still really, really simple beat. Um, and then, you you know, you go a few tracks more into the to the album and you get to beats to the rhyme and that's where the shit really gets interesting to me because i think this this album would have been a, tra- a transitional album in a lot of and it was a transitional album but they never followed up on the promise that they had in, in, well, in some of these songs well didn't but like you know they handed it off to like public enemy well, and but, to the but, beastie uh, boys but, i mean they, the beastie boys. well in this next song oh yeah yeah the beastie boys did the most dramatic um, turn around and and then continue to go forward and really drive innovation in hip hop um, just throughout their career. Um, that, in fact, they sample Public Enemy. So well, in, in a way, the boys were on Def Jam. Is that yes. right? Like to start, yeah. And which I, we haven't brought up today, but we talked about in the uh, now shelved episode uh, of this podcast. Um, Russell Simmons, the founder of Def Jam, is runs 
older brother. Which I had no idea. I mean, yeah, it explains a lot. Yeah, but well, there was a big schism too um, between why, why uh, Def Jam. You know, then then you had Deaf American, um, and that's when well, it started out Russell uh, Simmons and Rick Rubin, right? And Rick Rubin, and, and there was a, a there were other things going on, but one of the one of the central disagreements that they had is that is that Russell Simmons wanted the music wanted the wanted to, to move in more of the direction that say the Beastie Boys did, and Paul's Boutique using you know it was moving in a seventies funk, and mm. and and Rick Rubin really thought that. Um, he wanted to keep it more rock and roll and have the crossover and have rock elements in there. Um, and so they split up. And that was, I mean, there were other things. Well, this obviously. record it kind of toes the line between those two elements. It does. And, you know, to, uh, to Rick Rubin's detriment, actually, you can really see how, how his vision of hip-hop, to my ears, was so much less inspiring than, and, and, and so much less fun to listen to than the other ones. Like, for example, Beats to Rhyme. There, and this is another thing, too. I think that... Um, and this is my own personal feelings about this, but I remember um, around the time that this album came out, or when you know, in the nas- when hip hop was a, a nascent art form, um, pe- people you'd hear people like, "What? Why? Why are you sampling a song? Just write your own goddamn song." Um, and was so that the guy whittling a stick. In that your probably yard? was. It probably yeah. was. Yeah, uh, that, that was um, an off-air conversation. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Shane told a really long meandering story that ended with a guy whittling, whittling a stick. stick. <laughs> uh, so um, twenty-five minutes later, and they, I'm, I'm sure they went back and picked up the dead deer on the side of the road too. Sure. But so uh, I thought it was really interesting. Like you, like the the more access you had to samples, the more you're able to build an entirely new song out of just little snippets. But because people were so annoyed by people sampling, you got you ended up getting stuff because it costs so much. The, the way that the laws were structured to use multiple multiple samples in a song, you got we ended up. I mean, they don't use. There's not well, a lot. Well, now of, it's typically just one or two max right, per song, I, so they end, it does end up sounding like that song. That song but back be, then, like sampling was an art form. It I mean, was could, an art form. Yeah, if you construct if you, a new song out of elements of old ones. If you listen right. to, um, if you listen to, uh, in fact, this this beats the rhyme is a good example. But if you listen to um, Tribe Called Quest, I mean, Q-Tip would spend all this time li- buying all these old records and then listening to the. Like get get like just a couple snippet second snippet of a song you would never know what song that was from and then incorporate that instead what you ended up with was um, I'll be missing you by Sean Puffy Combs you know oh, which was, it, which is essentially the same song as Every Breath You Take by the Police well, it's just another example of uh, you know shooting for the middle like you you frankly there's a lot of money in the middle but it's just not doesn't it doesn't age well. No, yeah, it's not inspiring in any way. Let's let's listen to Beats to the Rhyme because this th- this song um, is far and away my favorite um, Run DMC song, and and I, I I don't think there's a, that's any small part because it it innovatively uses samples um, and also the way that they rhyme. There's so much more fluidity in there. That's it's more p- polyrhythmic. It's and there's it's some more beats interesting. in there. there right, beats well, to the Rhyme. Yeah. One, two, 
Uh, that was Beats to the Rhyme. Uh, God damn, that was a good song. We, Kevin and I were talking about this during the break. I was like, fuck, I wish every song on this album would, sounded like that. Yeah, Absolutely. They followed down that path. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I think there's some stuff on this record that feels a little bit paint by number, and that that song is inspired. Well, it's push and pull. I mean, you can feel the two camps being pulled apart. It sounds like some of these songs were a little bit older, um, and they're they're cut from the cloth that where the the stuff is a lot the rhymes are a lot more so like you know bump 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 I'm, you know? I'm pretty sure ragtime was an older song that they just tacked on there um, do you think it was from the ragtime era i'm pretty sure scott joplin had nothing to do with it actually <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that would be a lot older i think it that ragtime song sounds a lot like uh Parents just don't understand. We had, we had a good yeah, which is another know. really simplistic rhyming style, too. No, it's it's of the Dougie Fresh school of uh, early hip-hop. Yeah, there's just... <clears> very like, sing-songy. But Beats to the Rhyme is not that. It's not that. No, leading it, in the direction that hip-hop would take. Yeah, it's really interesting. And a lot of the, the, the stuff sounds like... Um, it kind of s- sounds like N.W.A. a little bit. Um, just... Throwing a lot of NWA, Public Enemy. Um. Yeah, I mean, Public Enemy set that template in a lot of it. You know, it's really funny that um, I read a couple of years ago this this person was a a high school teacher, and um, like a, I forget exactly what the subject they were teaching, but they they brought in music all the time, and he was like, "This is a seminal um, rap band, like really really important in the history of rap," and played Public Enemy for all his students, and they were all like, "What is this shit?" Like none of the, I mean, it has it bears no relation, and it is kind of atonal music a lot. Like they 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 use uh, Coltrane solos that I mean, there and there yeah. it's it, it's aggressive. I would I would probably take a few repeated listens at this point to get into Public Enemy for the I first l- time. I, I love mean, it, but I think it's because I was. You know, well, it was just kind of around when yeah, yeah, you was, and I were in high school. And, it was pretty ubiquitous, and early college. And if if not if not their actual albums, but their samples. I mean, there's a Public Enemy sample in that song we just listened to. Well, one of the things that we talked about back when we did um, NWA was sort of just the different tack that some of these hacks took at that time. Like, you know, with NWA, they were a little bit more political, and there's certainly an element of politicism that has has to do with. Uh, uh, public enemy, but there's an a element? lot more. There's a lot. There was a well, lot. <laughs> stay, stay with me. Then, like, essentially, what I, where I was going is that there's a there's a lot more historical context with with public enemy. They're very big on history. So, sure, but, yeah. And Run DMC is not that. It's more. It's a light bite in in some yeah ways. Like, yeah yeah. That makes it's sense. a light bright. It's a light bite. Like not a light bright. Light bright doing things <laughs> with light. Yes, exactly. I was that, just thinking that about is such light. a primitive toy. I was, I was just no, no here, here, I was just <laughs> thinking about light brights last week and like, like where you put Bring a little template up around. and push in lights. And you're like, whoa! And then <laughs> if you were to show a that child a, a light bright like, now, what the hell? <laughs> it's like speaking to them in it's slow like, it's motion. Like a paddle with the rubber ball on the end of it like, at this point, and they're like, I'm just gonna go play with my iPad now. <laughs> like, All right, this game sucks. All right, guys, it's uh, it's intermission time. So, um, Kevin brought along some cats this week. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into that. We have just watched uh, the self-video uh, Runaway, um, which, as I understand it, is Shane's favorite video of all time 
if I'm no, not mistaken. No, 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 no. <clears throat> no, it's different than that. Oh, it, 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 it features performing cats. And I love cats a lot. A lot. Don't, 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 get, don't get me wrong. You but guys are just raining all over greatness. So it's actually a pretty good song. It's a really good song. It's That's the thing. Song. It's it's just it it's begging. It just seems like they were sort of like, let's have an okay go type viral video. Well, it does seem like a planned viral video. Oh, without a doubt it was planned. I I would argue, well, two things. First thing is when we uh when we did this like like when we did this a few minutes with the last time that we uh recorded this episode the famous lost episode. Uh, Shane's first response was, "Is this self that band from the '90s?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, and also today." Yes. And, well, I don't. And well, they, the difference and, is, I think they do random capitalization in the name now. Well, I'm sure that that's probably true. But it, but but beyond that, I guess, the other thing is, I would argue that it is a. Um, I think it is a self-aware riff on viral videos. Like, it's a self-aware. Yes. Like, li- yeah. Oh. Yeah, see what, yeah, what happened? Dropping the knowledge I don't know. over What just happened? I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, that's a good, that's a, I'd that's like a, to. That's an extra textual reading. I'd like to think that it is, but there's, there's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing. Get Shane in, started on his Alex Jones rant. There's <laughs> not, there's nothing in the video that would give one, uh, at pause. First, that would give one pause and, <laughs> at, and reflection. <laughs> At first glance, <laughs> one does not. Well, <laughs> nothing that you would muse on. <laughs> no, I thought it was perfect. <laughs> well, thing to remember about self is that uh, essentially it's the it is it's like one dude self is a Matt McCaffrey and it's and a rotating cast of characters some of whom have been there for a while but he's got kind of a signature sound and I feel like you know one of the reasons that I that I chose this song was that like I kind of feel like there are a few artists out there that are like that are like self in that there is a really a Amazing song or two on just about everything put out they put out, but for whatever reason they either haven't caught fire or the rest of what they do is 
kind of uneven, and so they sort of never fly under the radar. Yeah, as they it fly were. a little bit under the radar, and yeah. he's been doing that for a long time. Anyway, I think they're yeah. I think his the the stuff that he does that's great is really fun, and so uh, I want. Yeah, there was a there was a song on a CMJ compilation years ago that I made a bunch of mixtapes for people and passed out, and there were, like lots of people were like, "Oh, I really like that self song. Who the hell is that?" No, I don't know. Yeah, they had good stuff. I, I remember listening to them. I, I got I got them the first time I did, they came across my radar was uh, in the grab bag at South by Southwest, and um, I mean they always they, they were good they were good songs like, um, but I think that they had. Like high peaks and low lows. I don't know. They never really got any traction. They never really got off the ground and did anything. Um, but good stuff and really commercial sounding stuff. I think too. No, you'd think that you know, uh, you know it would have been something would have crossed over into radio hit, but it just hasn't happened. Well, the other thing is, is that these guys live in um, Murfreesboro. I think they live in Nashville now, but I think they're from Murfreesboro. Well, at the very least. Well, and frankly. Murfreesboro is in the shadow of Nashville, so whatever. But the like the the fact of the matter is is that uh, that they are. I I mentioned to I had a, one of uh, our Ryan, one of our uh, old friends, was in town from New York last night, and one of the things I was mentioning to a to another buddy. You talking his, about Mr. Black? Yes, Mr. Black <clears throat> was in town, um, and. Um, and another one of his running buddies, who used to live here, but now lives in Nashville, and uh, and I gave him my. I was like, I like Nashville a lot. Have you been to this place or this place or this place? And he, uh, some of them he had been to, and some of them he had not. And I was like, here's my unsolicited take on Nashville, which is that it's the L.A. of the South, and I believe that. That's, yeah, like I think that's Easily. totally true. And it's uh, a pretty town. Well, well if like, you're looking to, to like, market and. I don't even know what you what would you categorize self as like alt like there I mean there's little elements of hip hop every now and then but it's like uh it's a, kind of electronic a bass like a like a pop electronic pop or something I guess yeah um, but they weren't always this, like maybe alt pop like I mean they're kind of like that's sort of I don't know like, I don't know yeah but if you were trying to, that to, means, to market like, that sort of thing I don't know that I would go to Nashville first but. well and I think that that like to to what we were talking about before like I think that that's I think that that's where they're from, and so anyway, you would think that even accidentally, maybe, you know, you'd you'd sort of catch on because the stuff that they they do well, they do really well. But anyway, at the very least, I thought it, I I enjoyed that track before I ever saw that video, and then when I saw that video, knowing that Shane lives in a house with forty seven cats, I was like, oh, this Give would be great. Forty one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> Uh, I thought I, I thought it would be uh, I thought it would be appropriate, and that he would love it because the cats are shot uh, lovingly and uh, I like the special one, photography. The uh, shot with the one cat with the with the fan blowing on its whiskers and its whiskers yeah. are blowing back. Oh that, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty good. It is. Just learned something interesting about Mahaffey. Uh, uh, the Expedia dot com jingle yeah on those commercials the dot com really he wrote that that's that guy him? did that yeah he did oh, that. Well, shit, well that's how he's surviving all yeah, these years doing fine. work yeah he's like he's like he's spending all that expedia it's money by menon <laughs> 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 all right well we don't have we don't have to spend all night on this we got to get back to run dmc but uh thanks you guys for the chatter Uh, 
Okay, and we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, um, cat video. I, hopefully, you snuck off to uh, another computer so you could leave this up, and you could go to another computer, and, and your significant other will be shocked um, to find this in your your browser history. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, because you can't watch more than one. You know, I was just on a computer, checking up just... on him, and then I went to see that he's been watching cat videos, and I think that is adorable. And I don't know why your girlfriend sounds like Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she sounds like, fairly. Uh, so I, I wanted to point out something real quick, and we're gonna we're talking about one more song uh, here before we get to our our brand new segment, a current affair, a current affair. <laughs> And so that is, um, I just want to point this out, um, that I was very familiar with, well, in, the, in 1993, I believe, uh, Cypress Soul put out an album, and I don't know if this is the... the uh, is that the uh, Cannabis Enthusiast Band? They're, they're quite the Cannabis Enthusiasts. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, but anyway, the song is, Ain't Going Out Like That. Ain't going out like that. It was exactly sounds just like how I just did it. I didn't. Ah, it's uncanny. It gives me chills when I do that. Um, Nasally, forty year old. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't know if it's a cover of the significantly um, wider Run DMC title, which is "I'm Not Going Out Like That." Hard to say. I'm not going out like that, Kevin. Well, I, I mean, you're so you're riffing, but. I think you bring up a, actually a pretty salient point, which is that Run DMC sometimes is very straightforward. Like they're not. That was always a thing. Like with the, when we were, and I go back to the NWA thing that I mentioned earlier. It's like those guys. Like there are a lot of double entendres, or they would like they were they were constantly trying to sort of uh, flip the script. And I, for lack of a better term, well, I, I don't th- think that that Run DMC I, does that as much. I feel like at this point. <clears throat> In hip hop history, like the rules weren't written down yet. You know, well, you, you just kind of did whatever you did. That's fair. And and to be fair, this this record came out before, like well before that other one did. So, sure, history. yeah. But it was a uh, it was a time of um, I was just making a joke, but it was a time of rapid rapid growth and change in rapid. Sorry, anyway, go ahead. Joke. Ain't uh, going yeah. out like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going out like that. I'm not going out like that, sir. I'm not. I am not. <laughs> you good day, sir. I am not going out like that. <laughs> didn't, didn't you have a boss like uh, she? That's what uh, when her you parting quit? words to me when uh, she ripped me a new one for a reason she should not have, and I was supposed to wait on twenty people. And I said, you know what, Franny, I'm I'm pretty much done here. Uh, I'm out. And she goes, good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. I bid you good day. Yeah, she like stepped out of a 1940s film noir. <laughs> I said good day. <laughs> so there's. We're going to talk about Ryan. You wanted to talk about. Uh, they call us Run DMC. Yeah, and I, I think this is okay. So with uh, Beach of the Rhyme, you kind of see where um, Public Enemy like picked up and ran with the ball. Uh, with they call us Run DMC. I to me, it feels like this is where uh, the Beastie Boys kind of picked it up and ran with it. Oh, sure. So why don't we play a clip from that, and then we'll talk about it a bit, and then we'll get into the new segment. Sounds good.
Run DMC. Evidently, that's true. But no, what I was saying uh, before we played the clip, to me, like I, I can definitely see a direct correlation between the Beastie Boys, you know, kind of picking that up and running with it. Specifically, what you want. Um, you can hear some Eric B and Rakim in that. Well, I think the Beastie Boys reference is, and the other one's accurate too. But I think the easy, the Beastie Boys reference is probably feels the most linear because they were in some ways certainly originally right off the top like, I, felt like original descendants of that but they also came from punk and then as they evolved it's sort of hard to not look at it through that lens well but, and they toured with these guys like right around this sure, time right yeah i mean but that album didn't come out like for a couple of years I, okay like stylistically the way that they're Rapping, I could see that, yeah. Well, definitely, and, and this is like the most, uh, of the record, I think the most Why Are You Yelling At Me song. I was going to say Yelling At You, Ryan? <laughs> no, definitely. Like, more in your face. And and should we recap for the audience? Ryan doesn't like to be yelled at by his rap stars. No. Well, the fact is I can't listen to an entire Beastie Boys record all the way through because it, it just feels like they're yelling at me. And I'm telling adult. you to pick your clothes yeah. up. Off uh, yeah, the I'm an adult man. I don't. I don't need that. Yeah. The, what do you <laughs> You're not the to... boss of me. <laughs> <laughs> Record that I own or am listening <laughs> to. Anyhow, anyway. uh, anybody got any further words about uh, they call us Run DMC? Because they do. They did. Well, well, I will tell you this. Um, this is not directly related to this song, but as I was lacing up my shoes, uh, Skyler was watching some show on like. HGTV or something, and on the commercial. Do any straight men watch that channel, by the way, of their own volition? Home and Garden? Yeah. Uh, well, we don't. We won't. I'm not going to sidetrack this broadcast with. That's not me, but <laughs> um, but my father-in-law is a do-it-yourselfer. Okay. And watches watches some well, of that. No, channel. you answered the question. Yeah. Accurate. I've been some, in, Some do. <laughs> I've come in and, and and been like. Sat down like, what the fuck is this? And then 30 minutes later, like, eh, yeah, we can watch the next one. I like that alternate you always has a thicker accent than you do. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what one. this HGTV is. Hey, but get, keep it on. <laughs> don't change that goddamn channel. Man, they just re <laughs> the plant and shit. And now everybody's become Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> no, no, We're no, 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 no. We're all trying out for Shane's... Uh, uh, do you know that that yeah. motherfucker doesn't have an accent? That's well, he's a, from like Nebraska, yeah, yeah, or Indiana or something. That's not. He doesn't have that accent. I bet he doesn't work for cable either. Uh, no, yeah. pretty sure he doesn't. He does. Uh, oh, if 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 by not working for cable you mean he doesn't have a lot of commercials for Prilosec on. Hey, you eat a bunch of shitty food. Take this pill. Your tummy will feel better. Funny you should bring that up. Um, <laughs> as a part of a white elephant gift, I gave a coworker a couple years ago Some uh, a Larry the Cable Guy branded, basically like rice aroni. Um, and it's got a picture of him on the front, you know, and like, let's get her done. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I bought it at Big Lots. Anyway, of so, course you did. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Hey, at at what point did you guys realize we had strayed from Run DMC? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was. Wa anyway, there was a commercial. So for Rev runs something. So so run after this after like they broke up or in the middle of it at some point. Uh, run became a reverend. And now Reverend he, Run. Reverend Run. Rev Run, actually. <laughs> and now he wears a collar. Uh, with <laughs> like Astros speaking to me now from the Jets. Rev Run. <laughs> um, and yeah, like he's, a, he's like a preacher. Uh, in fact, I remember like seeing uh, in, the, uh, in the early 90s, like in 93, they put out like a Christian-themed... Mary, um, Mary, why art thou bugging? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so... 
That's enough, Run DMC. We got a new segment to get to. So a current affair. Coming back with Current Affair. That's a little bit of uh, Golden Facelift from Broken Social Scene, and uh, we have just watched the video. Kids, thoughts? There's a lot going on there. It's hard to to formulate, like, having just seen it once, um, because the clips are so... Well, let's just, first off, just kind of say what... Um, so it starts out with, like, beautiful landscape shots. Uh, it's all, you know, like, not still shots, but, like, uh, video shots. Some beautiful, like, landscape portraiture, and then it kind of goes into, like, just a... It devolves. ...highlight reel of all the fucked up shit that's happened kind in, like, of in the, the last, last year. year. Yeah. Pretty much. But, it, but, it, but it's such a quick clip. I mean, the song's called Golden Facelift, and at some point, like, I kept... It, it, it moves so quickly. Like, the, the cuts are about a second long. Well, the I impression mean, I got was that <clears throat> whoever edited that video is somebody who loves editing. And there's like I, you know, I've got a radio, TV, film degree, and I hate editing. I fucking farmed that shit out when I could. Well, I have, I'm oh, Mr. College degree. I have. Well, my point is, I had <laughs> I to know deal why with. It sounds like that. My point is, I had to deal with editing at some point in my schooling, and I fucking hate it. But there are people they talk about getting into the zone, where they're just like, you know, well, that's running on all cylinders, and it seems like whoever made this video like was in that zone. That's I, all it was. was I editing. could see that. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean that's really all. I mean there were like I like I couldn't. I'm thinking there's a con and like I haven't had time to process this, but I think it, it'll take you a, a repeated viewings because it's almost it goes so quickly. It's almost like a strobe light. Like each little shot lasts one to two seconds at most. But, I, but most I, of them are things that like we'll recognize from the news cycle. Yeah, you all rec- year. But yeah, but I, a lot of them um, like you know people in protests and. ISIS videos and Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, and stuff like, like that. But, and I think Shane, what maybe what you're what you're getting at too is that because it's happening so quickly, uh, by the time you process one, like three more have already passed. <clears throat> yeah. So is yeah. that a commentary on the 24-hour news cycle? That's actually not a bad reading of it. Like I don't know. I, I didn't see the thing but, until a couple hours ago for but, the first time. But then, but then, so you have those those images in the beginning of the planet and beautiful landscapes, and then at the end you have horses running. You well, know, we go together. back to nature at the end We of go it. back to nature, and then we have this stuff in the middle, um, and there's all of these media, quick-cut media things, and all the... You know, like, are, just, are just accelerated culture, but like then, all in the middle of it. But then it's interspersed with pictures of, of plastic, plastic, extreme plastic surgery and plastic surgery gone wrong, and I can't help but feel that it's a commentary on 
we're caring about the wrong things. Like we're spending too much time ruminating on shit that doesn't really matter and letting this other other stuff slip away from us that really matters. No, I think that's smart. The other thing that that occurs to me is that, like, yeah, it does sort of devolve from utopian to dystopian. And as you get further along, the cuts get quicker. And so where it starts with these sort of long, drawn-out, you know, languid vistas – you get Ooh, you get nice languid yeah. vistas. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna call my, King. my cover band. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, you get you get to the end and it's very very jump cutty and very jarring and the images are are intentionally often disturbing or at the very least familiar enough with things that are disturbing that you're like sort of like as Mark said like processing it as as the next terrible thing comes along. See, to me, that's like uh, that's like shout rap for the eyes. That's like the Beastie Boys. Oh, there eyes. you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can get that, especially in the, and like to me, um, I don't really like seeing plastic surgery as it's happening. And there, there are three. I don't shots. like seeing plastic surgery after it's happened. Well, no. Like, like if you see if you see a man, if like when Kenny Rogers got plastic surgery a few years ago. I remember thinking, and, and I heard somebody say this. Um, You're like, no one to hold him, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no one to hold him way too back. I remember thinking, like, you don't look any younger. And then, and then not long after that, I heard somebody say, like, you get plastic surgery. You don't, you don't look any younger. You just look like you had plastic surgery. Yeah, that, that might be true. It, I Well, and again, we can go down the rabbit hole on this stuff, too. We won't. But I think that there are, if you are one of the people who got if you're the guy that, or the lady that got plastic surgery and nobody knew and you just look better, that'd well, be a great story. That's but nobody ever hears about that because there's so well, many that's, terrible and that's cases the thing. out there. I, and I won't go too in detail about this, but I had a lady friend who it turns out had had an augmentation, but you totally couldn't tell. She was like, I know, right? Like They feel totally real. Yeah, see, I think people should go into the 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 – we're not talking about the song, but I think people should go into the doctor's office, and when there's he goes like, "I'm gonna make make you look 20 years younger." No, just make me look four years younger. That's when you can't notice. Oh, that's you know? good. Yeah. yeah, you know, look, look, doc. No need to be a hero. Yeah, just right. me, just just a few. I'm holding out for a hero. Because that, that shit's plastic. So in 16 years, you will look 20 years younger. Maybe. Oh, anyway, let's, all right. It was my right. understanding that there would be no math. Hey, we didn't yeah, talk um, about the song, by the way. Yeah, uh, so great so, song. Yeah, good bass song. driven. Yeah, um, and very clearly, like it's clearly of the broken d- social d- scene canon. I like. Yeah, I mean, good, good band. Kind of, kind of big long intro, and then it kind of does like a, a sort of um, teenage riot kind of thing in the middle, like where it yeah. picks up guitar. Um, it's almost yeah. in three parts. It, it kind of yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. And it comes out of it, and that's when they reintroduce the languid vistas, as it were. <laughs> I, I would, I would definitely, I definitely give this now one. You're we just ripping me. We need, to, we need to come up with some sort of rating for this new song. Like, I'll definitely give this a. Are we going out of ten? A OK. You give it an A OK? Yeah, I'll give it an Okie Doke. All right. <laughs> a, okay, so A OK is the top, Okie Doke is the middle, what is the last? Well no, Okie Doke is like four stars. I'll give it a I'll give it a running high five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where are we? A, a, okay, so running high five, that's like at the top? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, running high five. That's, a, that's an A plus. A OK. Okie doke. Depending on how you do it. And what's the what's the last one? 
Sad trombone. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. Works wah, for wah. Sad, sad trombone, okie doke, a okay, running high five. Yeah. I'm going to give that an a okay. Well, I think I liked it better than okie doke. I'd, I'd say a okay. A o doke. <laughs> All right, so that's like two and a half stars. I don't even no, know what no, we're no, talking about. No. I liked about it better it. than that, actually, but. All right. All right. It's not the greatest song I ever heard, but I did enjoy it. It's this pretty is, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Read a real quick uh, little little piece from the press release uh, that the band said about this video. Uh, they said, Golden Facelift is a song recorded during the Forgiveness Rock record sessions. I think that was back in 2010. 2010, they actually recorded But ultimately did not make the final cut for one reason or another. It, it is a song we, as a band, all felt strongly about lyrically and musically. And we wanted to give it a proper unveiling when the time was right. We feel that chances now, as this year draws to a close, 2014 has not been without its beauty, but it has also been a year of incredible brutality, and all of humanity has, got, has a great deal to answer for. Boken Social Scene aims to echo the voice and concerns of the underdog while creating music that will hopefully inspire those who are doing good and useful things for this planet and humankind. That was written by a publicist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like more of a band, right? Maybe the publicist cleaned it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, that. I mean, I mean, it sounds have a, genuine. It sounds like no, yeah, you I don't know, have a publicist no, writing about going for, beauty and truth and stuff for all mankind. You have a publicist. Well, it was broken social scene strives to. Like, anyway, I don't know. It, it sounded a little official to me, like towards the end. But, but I, I do think that it, it sounds like it was official. Really explains a lot about the video. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. And the video is definitely worth watching for anybody who's listening. Like, it's a entertaining. I'll say good pick. Good pick. On so that at one. the very you. least, see it once to know what we're talking about. Thanks, Ryan, for picking that one. Yeah, there's there's pleasure. a couple of, just be warned, there's a couple of very brief. If you are squeamish. Very, very brief um, pictures of plastic surgery on someone's like eye. Like eye tucks. Yeah. It appears yeah. that they are. But I mean, like. And I don't enjoy seeing that, but. About a second long yeah. each one, so. <clears throat> All right, boys. So we said this last week, but this next week uh, is the album that we were going to do this week. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a continuity issue. So we'll like. So uh, it's, we're going to be doing Kinks. Yes. Which I have conveniently already listened to now. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, Kinks so, of the Village so Preservation that's gonna happen, Society. But just know that um, that if you, well, anyway, if it, if there's some continuity issues between. Last week's recording, which was actually recorded after the first time that we laid this one down. We're just trying uh, to make this as MC Escher as possible. Yes, ex- exactly. If you get confused, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to <laughs> P.O. Box 872. <laughs> fuck you, town. Care of the mean lady next door. Come, bitches. <laughs> anyway, this was fun, you guys. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Let's not do it a third time. Let us not. All right, uh, so uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off. We're going to do it the Kinks next week. I'll let you guys come up Village with Green whatever Society. you're going to do. Just, yeah, sure. Song-wise, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. All right, so I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. Kevin here. I'll see you next week.